Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Let's just kind of start off and admit this one thing. We all leave a legacy of some sort, right? Now, when we think of leaving a legacy, we often think about the good stuff. You know, I, I left my kid, uh, they're in better shape financially. They are, I left my, my, my children, they had a greater opportunity educationally. I mean, a we could go through. that talks to you. Yeah, 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 like that, that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. And, and so, in essence, we always seem to think about leaving a legacy in a good way. But I would also say that many of us are leaving the wrong kind of legacy. Have you, have you ever been around somebody who, who you, you maybe mentioned something about your dad. Maybe their response was, you know, my dad never once told me he loved me. Or my dad never once told me he was proud of me. You know, my dad never came to see me play a ball game. You know, my dad was, was the kind of dad who just, he, he just couldn't stay at home and, and care for, his, for, for my mom and, and, and his kids. He was always out doing something else. Or, you know, my dad, I, I didn't know each night whether he was going to come home drunk or not. I, you know, my dad, he was abusive verbally and physically. You know, my dad, we're all leaving a legacy of some sort. Right. And you know, a lot of those stories that I hear, I have to think those dads probably did not want or no. intend to leave yeah, that exactly. legacy. Yeah. Something happened along the way, though, to keep them from doing that. Yeah, isn't it possible, though, Tripp, that you've got a situation today where it seems like our life is at such a pace that, it's, that oftentimes, whether you're a mom or a dad, maybe even a student, a single person, single mom, single dad, maybe you're not married at all, maybe you're in a blended family or a broken family, whatever, it just seems like the pace of life is so incredibly hectic that it's odd and even rare when we take a minute and think about what legacy we're leaving in this present moment. Because right now, you are building a legacy for somebody doing something. If you think back about the lessons you may have learned from your parents. Now, let's just say that you are 30 years or older. If you're 30 years or older in this room, raise your hand. Okay, okay that's a lot of us, all right? So in here, do you remember the time, I bet you remember this time, the, the first time you realized your parents weren't perfect? Do you remember that? And it was like, I, really, I thought for a season my dad could absolutely do anything. And I'll never forget realizing, okay, dad, that was dumb, you know? But it was this awareness that, I, that I, I, I wanted to be aware in the present when I'm with my kids. I want to be aware in the present that I am leaving some kind of legacy. You know, um, I, I know you hear it a lot from students, Trip, but uh, I hear a ton of folks giving me this story. You know, I, I married the same person my mom or my dad married. Mm-hmm. I, I, saw verbally, I saw verbal abuse. I, I saw physical abuse. But I, because that's what I saw as a norm, I married the same person. I made that mistake. You see, that legacy said to some little boy or some little girl with an abusive father or mother, they saw that that's what was normal. You see, when, when we experience what is bad and that's all we ever experience, we are living that legacy. Here's the great thing, though, Trip, about this legacy is that no matter what you've sown to date, I mean, no matter what you've done to date, if you're 72 or you're 17, here's the great thing. You have an opportunity today to course correct your life and head toward a legacy of what you would want to be said and known about you. I, saw, I see. Go ahead. I was going to say, I saw a sign uh, online I thought was uh, awesome. 
uh, it was a sign at an orchard, a large orchard, and there was a sign up on the wall, and it said, the best time to plant an apple tree was 20 years ago. Yeah. The second yeah. best time is today. Yeah, isn't that great? And it spoke to the idea of what you're talking about, of yeah. course correcting, forgetting what's behind, and just saying, okay, I'm leaving a legacy, how about I start today? Because you can't change the yeah. past, yeah. but you can determine what happens from now. Yeah, an old Hebrew uh, story that gets passed on from generation to generation to little Jewish children in Israel is today is the day to plant an olive tree. You may never receive the shade from it, but your great-grandchildren will. Mm. And, and I think you look at this and say, you know, if, if you want to retire well, you don't start saving when you're 70, right? If you, if, if you want to pay off your debt, you don't keep adding more debt. I mean, at some point you make this conscious decision that in the present, what is the kind of legacy that I want to leave because you're going to leave a legacy. Now you might say, you know what, but Trip, Chuck, I, I don't wanna leave a legacy. I don't wanna do this. That I, I, I wanna do my life. Why can't everybody just leave me alone? Why do I have to leave a legacy? And the answer is, you don't have a choice. Yeah. You're going to leave a legacy. Yeah, one way or another, you're leaving a legacy. You're leaving a legacy that when, when you're dead and you're in a, you're in, your body's in some casket and some dude like me or Tripp is doing your funeral, then there are going to be people who are going to say interesting things about you. It's amazing the stuff we hear about people. When, when you do memorial service, man, you hear some stuff. I mean, if you've got a weird family, it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I've heard some of the weirdest stuff. Really, the kind of stuff that you just stop and think, you know, you, you probably don't want that a part of the service, you know? Well, what, what, what's going to be said of you? So Tripp and I, we thought it might be a good idea if we, we'd take a look at how would we reset, how would we reboot our life to get onto the right course and the right correction so that our legacy might sound more like God at work in us, through us, and for us than us. You know, just yesterday, my phone was uh, being really slow. I was trying to do something. You have like 100 apps open? Yeah, I checked. Yeah. There was uh, at least 30 apps know, open. It was bogged down. I was like, oh, my goodness. And yeah. what I did, here's a little lesson. Some of y'all may not know this. If you hold down the power button and the home button on an iPhone, do y'all know what it does? Someone's texting me, thanks. Um, it resets. Yeah, you see a little white apple come up. Yeah, and it it's shuts like all down. Yeah. It cleans up the mess, the yeah. trash, the garbage, and it resets. And I think for some of us, when we sit here and we hear a message about legacy, yeah. immediately what comes to mind is regret. Yeah. Immediately yeah, yeah, what yeah. comes to mind is, oh, I haven't done that. Yeah, I wish well, I would have. Well, it would be like the 30-year-old who says, well, I never saved in my 20s, so right. I might as well not save Why now, now? Yeah. yeah what we need is a spiritual reboot yeah, a time good. to say from now on i need to be intentional i need to think about what really matters because i want to leave something that is going to outlast mm. my life i think of uh, i was reading this past week the story of um jonathan and sarah edwards unbelievable uh, the, unbelievable the legacy they left it, i've never known of a family who had a lineage that was quite like theirs. So I was reading about theirs, and if you don't know who Jonathan Edwards is, early 1700s, pastor, incredible wife, smart guy, he consulted yeah. his wife on yeah. everything he did. Smart dude. And as his kids got older, uh, they said, we wanna leave a legacy, so we're gonna include our children on all of our decisions, and we're gonna teach them how to make godly um, decisions and wow. how to impact other people's yeah. lives, yeah. because in the end, all that matters is what you do for the Lord, right. how you impact other people for him. So I was reading about their 1,400 descendants. Check yeah. this out. 
100 lawyers and a dean of a law school, 80 uh, holders of public office, 66 physicians, a dean of a medical school, 65 professors of universities, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, three mayors of large cities, three governors, three U.S. senators, um, controller of the U.S. Treasury, Treasury, one vice president of the U.S. And as you read about that, you think, wow, all these big offices, all yeah. these big... The beauty of their story is that they passed on their faith. Yeah. They taught their children how to love God, how to serve others, and that has far outlived anything yeah, else that they've done. I mean, you look and see, so what, what will your lineage look like? Well... Will your kids marry what you are, and are you good with that? Is that not a question? I mean, are you, are your kids, if you're, if you have, if you're a dad of a daughter, are you okay if your little girl marries somebody just like you? And if not, maybe it's time to press the power in the home button on your life and let it reset and maybe reboot. We want to offer a few suggestions today and a few steps that might help you leave the kind of legacy I believe God has called us to. But let's stop and admit the fact that as we have been created as spiritual beings, God is calling each of us into a relationship with him where because Jesus, his son, came and died and shed his blood as we remembered during communion so that we could be right with God, our relationship with God could be right. We could be forgiven of our selfishness. We could be forgiven of our sin. And we could be in right relationship with God because Jesus, the gospel message, the good news of Jesus. Jesus came, sinless, died, buried, rose from the grave, shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin, gone back to heaven to create a home for all who believe. And in that, we believe God has a few steps that if we'll choose to take them seriously, we will leave a lasting and eternal legacy that might just indeed change the world. And so I, I think it would be great. Now, Tripp and I both were blessed. We, we had dads that taught us about the Lord. We had dads that taught us a lot of different things. I was really, I mean, I was really blessed. My dad's dad was an amazing human being. But, but I think of all the things they taught me, like, like Pop taught me how, you know, how, to, how to tie a fishing knot. I mean, how to put a lure on a fishing line. Pop taught me the kind of fishing rods you use. Pop taught me how to cut grass. Pop taught me how not to walk in the Florida grass barefoot so you get those sticker things in your feet. Pop taught me how to eat what he called Vienni sausages right out of the can. Pop taught me some amazing things. Did like you he, eat the little jelly at the bottom of the can too? Well, yeah. Of and course. Because you're eating it with the same knife you just scaled your bait with. It that's just right, gives this right. totally different feel and flavor to it. It's like, it's kind of like a squishy sardine kind of thing. Yeah, just like a petroleum down, byproduct yeah, kind of deal. And, but Pop taught me so many amazing things. But you know what he taught me more than anything? My Pop taught me that even if you can't sing, you sing and praise the Lord. Mm, you know what my Pop taught me? My Pop taught me that, son, it doesn't matter what you do or where you go, you take your Bible with you. You know what my pop taught me? My pop taught me that going to church and being a churchman and, and, and giving to the church and supporting the church, that's a big deal. My dad taught me how to frame a house. My dad taught me how to put a roof on a house. I have painted more Sunday school rooms than any human on the planet as a little boy because my dad doing all that. I was a bus captain on a bus route, picking up boys and girls, taking them to Sunday school when I was 12 years old because my dad wanted me to know that this is what ministry is like. I'm so grateful for all that. But the most, the most grateful I am is that both of them made a big deal about Jesus in my life. I, I, have, I, I am a far, 
from flawless dad. I, I have made colossal errors as a dad. I, I have had a, I've had immense failures as a daddy. I really have. And I, the, even of having older kids now, I, I have times, even yesterday, where I thought to myself, I, I'm, there's so many things, if I knew then what I know now, I would do so differently. But I do know now, I can take my present, and I can take some of these steps, and I can course correct my life as a dad, as a granddad, as a leader, as a friend, as a husband. And I believe the Lord will honor that when we choose to walk toward him. A friend of mine, Tripp, says, when you know what the Lord wants you to do, point your toes in that direction and start running as fast as you can. Mm, that's good. Is that not beautiful? That's good. Today, so, maybe that's what we ought to do. So how do we reboot? What, what are some steps to leaving a legacy? Well, let's start, let's start with step number one. You got pen, pencil, lipstick, or mascara. You may want to jot these down. I believe the first thing we have to do if we're going to leave a healthy legacy is we need a healthy fear of the Lord. Mm. I believe we need a healthy fear of God. Now, let me just stop and say, you said, but Chuck, you teach all the time about what a loving and gracious and giving God he is. And I believe all that's true. But, you know, my dad loved me enough to know that when he put the law down, I was fearful of the consequences. Because when my dad, when you didn't obey my dad, I guarantee your dad was this way. I've met him. Yeah. When you disobeyed my dad, there was a consequence. Yeah. I saw on Facebook this week where Hector looked at Noah, their middle son, yeah. and said, son, because you disobeyed, there'll be consequences. And Noah said, but I don't want consequences. So Hector said, yeah, but when you disobey me, there are consequences. And Noah's response was, okay. <laughs> I, sometimes I think what we need to learn to do is to know that there are consequences when we don't obey God. And yet, just like my dad would, or just like Hector would, or just like you would do, when we return and we say, I am so sorry, what happens? We have said, I'm sorry for what I have done when I disobeyed you, dad. And you know what my dad always did? Come here, son. Let's don't make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. You know what the Lord says? Come here. Let's don't make that sin again. That's good. And, and, but I find that to be, let's have a healthy fear of the Lord. In, in the book of Psalms, in the 112th Psalm, the psalmist writes this. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord. I mean, if it just stopped there, that's unbelievable. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord. I don't know any dude in this room. I don't care if you're, you're, you're a wannabe dad, you are a dad, a part-time dad, no dad, great dad. I don't know any dude in this room that would say, you know what? I don't want God to bless me. No. I don't want that at all. But, but look at this statement. How blessed are you if you have a healthy fear of the Lord? who greatly delights in his commandments. Now, it gets even better, Trip. It goes on and it says, his descendants, talking just like Jonathan and Sarah Edwards were, his descendants have an amazing story to tell. But look, what does it say? They'll be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright, they will be blessed. That word upright is literally saying, the people who determine to rest in, follow in, obey what the Lord has called them to be. And you know, I don't think that's, I, I would be willing to say, you may not be able to pinpoint and articulate exactly what the Lord wants you to do, but I'll guarantee you, when you choose to disobey God and do something you know is out of alignment with his character and his will, I promise you, you know that. You don't need any preacher, you don't need a priest, you don't need anybody to tell you, but when we have a healthy fear of God, we have a healthy fear of the Lord, that fear sounds like this, I love you so much, I would never want to break your heart. Mm. 
I mean, isn't that amazing? And what a cool promise that comes with Oh my that. goodness. You know, and that's one thing I try to communicate to students all the time. God is for you. He wants yeah. the best for you. Yeah. Submit to him, love him, do it his way. And look at the blessings that will come from Oh that. man. Like in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31, the scripture says, it's a frightening thing to fall into the hands of a living God. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. It's frightening to think, okay, Lord, I know I determined that I would not do what you want me to do. And now it's, it's uh-oh time, right? Have you ever had uh-oh time in your life? Oh, yeah. I mean, man, I have had uh-oh time. It's like, man, why didn't I just follow what the Lord asked me to do? Uh, so I think the first thing we do is we have a healthy fear of God. Step two is to recognize others' needs and respond with compassion mm. and action. Yeah. Compassion and action. It's so interesting throughout the New Testament when we read how Jesus interacted with people. Whenever there was a need, we're told he had compassion yeah. and then he responded to meet what their real needs were. One example in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, he felt compassion for them. Mm. We need to leave a legacy by being mm. committed to do something about our world. I think there's too many people that are walking the middle of the road and they're so worried about what people are gonna say about them, mm -hmm. what people are gonna label them, what others think, that, that they're just too scared yeah. to do anything. And I, you know, I think maybe the problem with our modern faith is that we as Christians, Nobody wants to kill us anymore. Right. You know, yeah. what that are we really doing? If nobody wants to persecute you because you're living for Jesus, we might have a problem. Exactly. And it starts with, I think, that compassion yeah. that moves us to action. I got a call yesterday, a text from a college student. And she said, Tripp, can you please pray for my boyfriend's grandmother? Yeah. I said, sure, would love to. What am I praying for? And she said she was just released from the hospital to hospice. Mm. She only has a few weeks to live. Mm. And I said, well, does she have a pastor? And they responded, no, she's not very religious. Mm. And I thought, please, uh, we got to do something. So I said, please line up a meeting. Yeah. I have to go see this lady. And so as I'm thinking about her the rest of my day and I'm praying for her, I really felt convicted. I'm so moved because I know there's a date yeah. on her life yeah. and she doesn't know the Lord. And yeah. I'm so moved because obviously we, we want her to know Jesus. But I started thinking, Trip, everyone has a date on their life. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I see everyone that way? When I'm flying in a plane and I'm looking at houses, why don't I see people that yeah. way? When I'm sitting on 20, absolutely going nowhere down this road yeah. and people are passing, I'm, I'm looking at how they look. Right. I'm coming up with right. stories about them. I'm looking at how they dress, what kind of car they drive. Yeah. What if we saw people like Jesus sought them, mm. we were moved with compassion, and we actually, actually did, did something. something with it? Yeah, I read this week that this year, 30 million people would die mm. without hearing the name of Jesus. Hundreds of millions more will pray to idols. We got to reach these people. And you know what? Yeah. We don't have to move to Africa. We don't have to right. live in a grass hut. Right. All around us, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. They're everywhere. If we would just be moved with compassion and yeah. do something, then God could do 
what only he could do. Yeah, you know, I, this is one of the great legacies that my dad did pass on to me. I can't tell you how many times my dad, we were on the way to do something, but he needed to go help somebody with something. Yes. And you know, as a kid, that just annoyed the stew out of me. Yeah. It's like, dad, we gotta go, dad, we gotta go, dad, we gotta go, and dad's always helping somebody. But now as an adult, I look at that and I think, this is the kind of church that we're supposed to be. When we find people, we see people in need, let's be moved with compassion, found in the presence of Jesus alive, inside of us to act on that. But I, I heard a podcast this week while I was uh, away at kids camp and different things. And I listened to this podcast over a couple of days. And there's one section I kept hitting that little book back up 15 seconds a few times to re replay it on a podcast. And I heard this statement that it, if our attention is focused so much on people paying attention to us, maybe we ought to redirect our attention toward who is in front of us. Is your attention on getting people to pay more attention to you or is our attention on people? Mm. You see, the purpose of God is always about people. His redemptive plan of salvation to take us sinful people who make messes with our lives and, and say, I love you so much and I'm gonna let Jesus die for you, shed his blood for you as we did with communion. And then you can ask him to forgive you of your sin, come live in your life, take over your life and he'll go and prepare a place for you in heaven. Which leads me to the belief that, okay, if, if number one, let's have a healthy fear of God. Number two, let's make sure that, that we recognize others' needs and we're, we're cognizant that our attention isn't on getting people to, to make attention toward us, but our attention is focused with compassion on serving others. Maybe the third step is that we would actually pray that God would use us for his purposes. Hey, now, on that, let me share with you, just before I walked into the service here, a student, high school student, yeah. uh, a guy walked up to me and he said, Trev, I just got to confess something to you. I said, what's going on? He said, I feel like I've just been too um, wrapped up in myself lately. I've been too self-focused. Okay, hold I, on. High school student? High school guy. Yeah, I said that. Amazing, right? God moves okay, what's in awesome, great What's ways. awesome is the ceiling didn't fall in when he said that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he handed me an, an envelope and he said, Tripp, I asked a while back for a scholarship to go to high school camp next week. Yeah. And I know that there's plenty of people that really need scholarships. Yeah. For me, I was too focused on myself and too lazy to go and work for it. So I took your money and I felt convicted that it's not about me. He said, I went out, got a job. I've been working overtime. I think he's landscaping for the past uh, two, three weeks. He's all sunburned. And he said, uh, I not only raised money for my camp, but I felt the need to give you money to pay for another wow. student who really can't afford to go. Come on, that's, he that's said, crazy. He said, yeah. and he said, it's not about me. And I wanna pray, not only do I wanna humbly respond in obedience yeah. to God, I pray that God will use me to accomplish his purposes. Cool. Let me say that. I know that kid. He's awesome. Uh, his parents said, I, I promise you that's blessed them. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, that is so, so cool. cool. So it, I wonder how, how that story might be a part of your legacy. I, I wonder when, when we do and we serve for others and. I wonder if that's part of our legacy. Because step three, what if we were to actually ask God to let us be a part of his purpose? But we have to first recognize God's purpose is all about people. Yes. So we're, we're asking God, can we be a part, Lord? Can, could you just choose to use me today? Now you say, well, Chuck, I, I don't want God to use me. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how God would use me. You know, it's interesting. When you take like two steps 
towards saying, Lord, I, I, would you use me? He will propel you another 50. Yes, he, he will give you exactly what to say. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a counseling situation and I'm thinking to myself, what on earth should I say here? And it's like the Lord said, why don't we go this direction? Why don't, why don't we do this? If, if we were to do this, it would be pretty amazing. Let me give you another scripture that you might want to chew on. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, you might know it as the prayer that Jabez prayed. You might remember the, the book, the prayer of Jabez, but this is where that book came from out of this text. And Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Now look what he did. He didn't say, bring me fame. He didn't say, hey, God, pay my bills. He didn't say, hey, Lord, take away every problem. What he says, would you bless me by being a part of your work? You see, I would say to you, Dad, Mom, do you, do you want your children, you want that legacy to continue so that they could see that you intentionally asked the Lord to use you, that you actually were, were a servant of the Lord. You actually were, were walking with God. What did Jabez ask God to do? Would you bless me? How? By using me to expand the territory your way. What if God chose to bless you in such an amazing way? Maybe you're like me. You know, my granddad and my dad, they didn't leave me a monetary inheritance. When dad passed away, he left me a stack of bills, right? But you know, the things my dad taught me about life and leadership and love, about walking in the power of Jesus, you can't put a dollar figure on that. That's right. And, and nobody, I've said it before, nobody ever stands up to give a eulogy of a loved one at a funeral I do. And the first thing out of their mouth is, wow, they left me a cool boat. Wow, they left me a really great home. Wow, they left me a wonderful uh, IRA. You know, I never hear that. What I hear are the stories of they told me they loved me. They told me they believed in me. They, they held my hand. When I was scared, they, 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 they held on to me. And then the, fa the last step I'd say to you is determine what your convictions are, yours. Your convictions, not your preferences, not just the stuff, well, I like it when they do this and I don't like it when they do that. What is it that you're willing to die for so then you can really know what you ought to live for? What is it that you're so convictional about? Like I, one of mine, just to maybe help you just kind of get your thought presses going, is one of the things that has been passionate about me is that if you put my collective two marriages together, I've, I've got about 35 years of, of marriage bliss, right? Well, let me, you know what I've learned in 35 years in being married? One of the things that absolutely that is so practical in this concept. You know what I'm convictional about? I don't want to have to come home and ever have a, one of our daughters or my wife look at me and say, okay, I know you were there and you shouldn't have been there. I knew you were there and you, something bad. I don't, there's, I don't want that. I mean, some decisions in my life are already made. I mean, my daughters who work downtown are never going to absently happen to look across the street and see their dad walk out of a strip club. They're, they're never going to have to wonder, okay, how does, how does he earn a living? They're never going to wonder, okay, is he going to leave today because things have got difficult? He's going to walk out the door because money is tight. Those decisions are already made. Some of those legacies are already in place. But there's still so many more. I don't think I'd be happy if any of our six girls married somebody just like me. There's so much more to do, so much more to become. And part of that is developing something that's convictional in your life that's worth dying for so that you could live for it. I believe Jesus makes no mistake about this. 
I believe he wants us to be concerned about the things of the Father. I believe he wants us to choose to walk in step with him. I believe gaining a vision and a direction is, is the right thing. Proverbs 13, 22, Tripp says this. I love it. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Mm. So what would be the last thing you'd That's say? good. So I think, and I have godly grandparents and parents who have done this and, and have taught me how to do this for my own children. Ask God to give your children a sense of purpose, direction, and mission. Step five, ask God to give your children a sense of purpose, direction, and mission. And the challenge here is to leave your children a heritage and not just an inheritance. Someone once said that our children are messengers we send to a time we will not see. And if, if we really take heed to the, the words of Proverbs 13, 22, it changes everything about our perspective, yeah. our, our goals, our vision, um, it, it keeps all of that front and center as far as what we really want and what we want now mm. sometimes will pale in comparison to what we want to yeah. leave yeah. when we have that on our mind. David mm. Livingston, who is a, a missionary uh, to Africa, he said, I will go anywhere as long as it is forward. And by moving forward and advancing God's kingdom, he also advanced his personal legacy of faith. Yeah, yeah. I think though, when we make that decision, we're also casting forth legacy that will be eternal and passed on from generation to generation. Yes. I was captivated by this. And one of the reasons that Tripp and I are co-teaching today is when I was at middle school camp a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had left the mess hall and we were down, headed down toward the lake, walking on this little concrete path. And Tripp started telling me the story of this camp. And I was fascinated by the story because I don't know of, of a fresh story in my life that I could look to more appropriately about what a, a godly legacy looks like than this. So just kind of set the stage. There's uh, there, Long Ridge Camp. Yep. Right? Camp Long Ridge in Ridgeway, South Carolina, Ridge, yep. where we just took our middle schoolers a couple yep. of weeks ago. So you, you got these middle schools there, but the you went there as a kid. You actually went to camp as a kid to this place. Yes. Yeah, so this is such a special destination for me because this was a place as a, uh, as a young kid that I went to camp. It was a place at 14 years old. I really felt like um, I, I surrendered my life to God fully and said, God, do with me what you want to do. Yeah. It's a place and I, I love taking kids to the spot right by the lake where I sat by the lake and I talked to God about my future. And I, mm. I said, God, I don't, I don't want to be a pastor. You know, who's ever met a cool pastor, right? Yeah, you no, know, they don't exactly. Exist. Uh, I want to be a football coach, man. That's, that's awesome. That's cool. I, I want to be the police. I want to, I want to do something like that. I don't want to be a pastor. So let me be me. Let me do me. And yet a youth you pastor you. and police slash I mean, it's kind of like that. That's kind of a lot of good stuff there. So yeah. um, it was at that You are place. so busted, kid. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a lot of that at camp, yeah. a lot of that. Uh, so I said, God, you know what? You are God. I am not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if I can trust you with my eternity, I can trust you with my today and my mm. tomorrow. So I give everything to you. Do with me what you want. And, and from there, you know, I felt like, okay, what yeah. do I do now? And I really sensed God leading me, just serve. Serve yeah, right yeah. where you are, do what you can with what you yeah. have. So you know what I did? As I graduated high school, 
I started working at Camp Long Ridge in the dish pit in the kitchen. You were the sprayer offer guy? Uh, yeah, I got the, the, the cool sprayer awesome. thing and spray kit. So I scraped trays and I felt like, okay, I'm just going to serve people yeah. and see what God does. Uh, from there, I was able to go on and, and work at the camp and lead the staff, lead all the summer programming, do everything. Within a few years, uh, I was traveling. I um, was in college. I was traveling across Eastern Europe, 1992, when communism fell in Russia. Yeah. I was able to speak in public schools. One of a few speakers that got wow. in saw hundreds of students at a time give their life to Jesus in public schools. Yeah. First time the gospel had ever been taken there. And I remember I, I was in downtown Moscow, and I just seen all these students respond to the gospel. And I remember sitting by the lake saying, God, just do what you want. And one cool thing, since I became a pastor, God's allowed me to volunteer coach football on the yep. high school level yep. and allowed me to work part-time in law enforcement with the sheriff's office. Wow. And so uh, it's just kind of a cool side note. I went on to be able to take students back to the camp, share that story. So you took students back to the same place you went as a kid and you served as a as kid. As a pa student pastor. But now this year, you, you, you had a whole nother generational thing. I went on to be able to serve on the board of directors there, but this year was so special because I took my own son to middle school camp. Then. Yeah, come And on. I was able to not only show him the spot where God changed my life. Yeah. I was also able to take him up to the ropes course and up there, there there's a sign yeah. and, and there's a name on it. It says Trey Watry. Trey is my older sister's um, oldest son. Wow. And um, like a little brother to me growing up and Trey went to camp, gave his life fully to Jesus there. And at the end of camp wrote in his prayer journal, um, I feel like I am on mission wow. now. For the first time, I feel like I have purpose, I have mission. God, do with me what you want. I just want to, in his own words, he basically said, I wanna leave a legacy. Yeah, yeah. I want my life to matter. So he came home from camp with this sense of purpose mm. and really to change the world. And about three weeks after camp, um, he was killed in a four-wheeler accident. And, um, uh, I got to speak at his funeral. And as I shared at his funeral, I shared the story I read out of his prayer journal. God, I want to be used by you. I, I want to serve others. I want, I want to make a difference. And as we shared his testimony and what he had learned and what he had written in his journal, we presented the gospel mm. and 43 people were saved at Amen. his funeral. Wow. And since wow. then, many dozens and dozens more have, have come to know Jesus through that. One of my mom's best friends, her husband came to know the mm -hmm. Lord. He passed that faith on to his children. Wow. They're now sharing the gospel That's with crazy. people. So I want to take my kids there and I want to show them the sign. And on that sign um, is a, a passage of scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse six and seven and eight, it says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near, but I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. 
and I have remained faithful for me to be able to share with my kids. You know what? At 12 years old, my son is 12 years old. And to be able to say, Kaysen, you can start leaving a legacy, not one day, but today. Give your life to Jesus. Trust him with it. Know he wants the best for you. Start serving other people. Let his purposes be fulfilled through you. And God can use your Mm. life to really, really make a difference. Yeah. So you, You've heard the story of this legacy, so I guess the real question for us today is, what legacy are you leaving? What, what is it that you're leaving right now? You say, well, well Chuck, I'm, I'm 15. What do you mean a legacy I'm leaving? Well, I, a legacy that says I want to serve other people, a legacy that says I want to be obedient to God, a legacy that says I believe the Bible's a big deal. You are picking the legacy every single day. I don't believe there's a single person in this room that would say, you know what? I want my legacy to be horrible. I want people to know that I never helped anybody. I want people to know that I never talked with God. I want people to know I never believed in God. I I don't believe anybody in this room would say that. And you say, well, Chuck, where do I start? How do I do it? You know what? I believe you take these steps and you start applying them to your life. I mean, start right out of the gate. Lord, I have a healthy fear for you. I want to learn more about you. I want to know you. I want, I, I, I want to have a compassionate heart like you do toward other people, Lord. I, I want to be called into, into your purpose. I want to be a part of what you are doing. I, I, I want to make sure, Lord, that, that it, I, I have convictions in my life that I can live for and that I would die for. I want to make sure that I'm, I, I'm praying that you would use my children and my children's children to, to leave a mark. And it all starts with this one thing. Jesus, I totally need you. I'm really sorry. I know I've made a mess of my life. I know you're the only one that can forgive me. Please forgive me. Come live in my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Because I know you died for me and you rose from the dead. And you've gone to heaven to create a place for all who believe. And you see, if, if that's the desire of your heart, then Jesus is faithful to answer. And that legacy begins right now and goes on for an eternity. So I want to do something a little different the way, you know, normally there's this time of the service that the pastor says, close your head, close your eyes, bow your head, and that kind of deal. You know what I want to ask you to do? Leave your eyes wide open and just look right here. If today you'd say, you know what, Chuck, I want to, I want to start my legacy off right, no matter how old I am, because today I want to say, Jesus, I need you. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Just raise your hand. Everybody's looking. Yeah. 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 So why not, right? I mean, you think about that. I mean, I, I get so frustrated when you do that heads bowed, eye closed. Nobody's looking around. Man, you know what? Jesus said, you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. Everybody's cool, and we can live together. Isn't that great? Listen, but it's your choice. You pick. You choose the legacy. Father, we, we thank you. We praise you that on this day we can choose to point our toes in the direction you call us to and run toward you. And when we do, you promise always faithfully to bless us, care for us, and to never leave us. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you know us so well that you still call us to leave a legacy grounded in you, founded in you, lived out in you, and that that testimony will outlive anything we have. So, Lord, for those that say, I want to give my life to you today, Lord, hear their prayer as I know you will. Bless them richly in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.